Hi, and welcome back to Podcast from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. I'm on my own again today, um, and um, I'm going to try and keep it short. I, I come from building stock. My father was a contractor, a building contractor in Amtata. Before him, his father was a carpenter and then a contractor in Amtata as well. And his father uh, was a wheelwright, uh, made wooden wheels for horses, for horse and cattle drawn carts in, in Butterworth, all in Transkei. All of them were men of great precision. My dad literally could not look at two edges in a building that weren't exactly parallel to each other. In a strange way, all of this came together in the construction at a wattle and door Transkei Wild Coast seaside cottage my grandfather built with the permission of the local magistrate in Elliotdale in 1930, of a new outside pit toilet about 50 metres from the main house. would have been in the early 60s. I would have been around about 11 years old. Um, I know it was more or less then because my dad bought a gun, a pistol, after the Porco, um, the military arm of the uh, Pan-Africanist Congress, attacked a camp near the Bashi Bridge, what is now the, now the N2, between Adutra and Umtata in 1963, about in February. Killing a white family of about five, I was mightily impressed by the gun and there was lots of exciting whispered conversation. I picked up around the house about us moving to Australia. That never happened, uh, thank goodness, uh, but the gun stayed. Then there were the usual preparations later that year for the annual Christmas holiday down at the Haven, the, the cottage at the Bashi River mouth, in fact, about a hundred kilometres from home in Mtata. Someone must have told my dad that the smart thing to do with the new pit toilet, the long drop, was to toss a recently killed chicken down the hole. It would decompose and release thousands of maggots, which would then consume the poo and somehow keep it clean and not too smelly. Besides, we didn't use the cottage a lot, Christmas time mainly. So the, 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 you know, the, the, the ugly stuff would have plenty of time to decompose and the maggots would have a fine time doing their work. I, I remember only vaguely now, but I think we took a live chicken down to the sea with us that year. I think my dad tried to wring its neck before he tossed it into the pit, but that clearly didn't work and he heard it clucking from the bottom, horrified, he then went into the house to collect his pistol, Italian-made, I think, and back to the long drop um, to fire at the chicken in the dark pit for at least four times before it went quiet. I really hated that toilet. It was magnificently co constructed by the perfect builders. But first, the path cut to it at long grass on the side, which I didn't like. Second, sitting on the throne... You were pretty vulnerable to anything or anyone who came in. The door wasn't something you wanted to close. Third, I looked down that hole literally hundreds of times. Every time I went in, you know, just to check. It was deep in the hole, even for a grown-up little me then, could easily have swallowed me. I was, that's what I thought. And the chicken freaked me out, dead or alive. So I have a visceral empathy for little four-year-old Langalam Vicky who totted off to the pit toilet at a preschool in the Chris Hani district village of Taikadu last week and was later found drowned at the bottom of it. My stomach aches at the thought. My rage is boundless. Who the F-U-C-K allows a little girl like that, four years old, to go to a pit toilet on her own? 
the owner of the school, the owners of the school should be ashamed of themselves, and I hope they're vulnerable to legal action by Langalam's family. Try, because it's important, just try to imagine how scared she must have been for those final minutes of her life. Who pays for that? You know, the fact that it was a ventilated pit toilet makes no difference to your experience when you're in it. The ventilation exists because uh, Education Minister Angie Motsecha legislated some sort of standards for schools in 2013, all of which should have been in place by now, 10 years later. Um, so the ve- people sit back and and assume that because a pit toilet is ventilated that it's okay. It isn't. You still fall in. And once you fall in, the vent, the pipe leading out behind the, the outhouse doesn't help you at all. You can't climb up it. The fact that this has happened again in the Eastern Cape is also not a coincidence. This province is run by complete clowns for the most part. Its premier, the guy in charge, is for now Oscar Mabayane, who took great offense a few years ago when I first raised his incompetence in a newspaper column. Mabayane has just been deregistered, deregistered by Fort Hare University, where it seems he was trying to study for a master's degree without ever having gotten an honors degree in the first place. Not phased by that, he is also the guy President Cyril Ramaphosa chose to put on his ticket as deputy president of the ANC just three months ago. He would have become deputy president of the country and potentially the head of state had Paul Mashatila not pipped him at the post. Mabiano watched on impassively as the hospitals under his control in the province collapsed in a medical medical catastrophe during COVID. Throughout his province, rural schools suffer the worst, still the worst degradations, and villages in the province are on the whole so filthy that garbage has become in some cases part of the local infrastructure. I kid you not. A few years ago, I tried to pick up a piece of plastic on a pavement in Amtata, my old hometown, but it just tore as I pulled, so deeply was it embedded in the ground by then. Mabayane himself was so appalled when the opposition managed to cobble together a working coalition in Nelson Mandela Bay late last year, and with a hard-working, honest, ordinary guy as mayor, he immediately instructed his local government minister to set up a drive to replace the new executive mayoral coalition with an executive council which would bring the ANC back in uh, to government in the in the city, in the metro, again. It's an action in line with his powers, but triggered purely by personal ego and political spite. And just this year, Mabuyane's education department has had to return more than 200 million, 206 million to be exact, to the National Treasury because it claims it was unable to spend the money. Tell that to the parents of the tot who died in a pit of human feces last week, or to the parents of Lumka and Ketwa, five years old, when he died and fell, when he fell into a, a pit toilet and drowned outside of Bizana, also in the Eastern Cape in 2018. There's a long list of these. It was Lumka and Ketwa's death that set Ramaphosa off on one of his many glorious failed initiatives. This one called Safe for Sanitation Appropriate for Education. Quoting him, this initiative will save lives and restore the dignity of tens of thousands of our nation's children, he declared, surrounded by the great and the good from business. SAFE will spare generations of young South Africans the indignity, discomfort and danger of using pit latrines and other unsafe facilities in our schools. No, it won't, and it hasn't. 
The fact is you get rid of pit latrines by filling them with sand and building decent ablutions. Forget the ventilation. You pay attention. Your municipality and its officials pay attention. Your province and its officials, you pay goddamn attention. Your national government pays goddamn attention. Just because you've made a speech doesn't mean the job is done, for goodness sake. Why don't you check? Just before SAFE was launched, the SABC interviewed a principal just outside Bizana. He had 600 kids at his school. At the edge of his grounds, there were remains, these are holes in the ground, of at least four sets of five pits each that had been filled up and had to be replaced. It was just disgraceful. They were still, still there. What was the answer, the reporter asked him? Flushing toilets, he said, not unreasonably given what the ANC by then had been promising him and all other South Africans in, the, in, his, in, in rural areas for 24 years. We need running water here, he said. You have to feel for him. There's absolutely no chance of that running water ever appearing in his or my lifetime. And no one at that school today will ever flush a toilet in it. It isn't that it's technically impossible. Plumbing is a lovely craft, and the country is crawling with people who could get flushing toilets and well-built septic tanks wherever they are needed. It should simply be illegal to allow a school to operate without flushing toilets. But in the ANC, school toilets are at the very, bo- very bottom of the entry, whatever politicians might like to say about the importance of youth come election time. Ramaphosa has just appointed an absolutely useless, entitled 74-year-old woman as minister in charge of youth affairs. That's what he thinks of them. A very experienced builder, I know, says it would cost, and I'm exaggerating the cost here, because he, he said it would cost about 50,000 rand to install a 5,000-litre septic tank with a drain-away system at one end of it, plus, say, another 50k, 50,000 rand, for toilets, basins, and building work, right? Um, uh, it's 100,000 rand. So so just 100,000 rand in that school in Bazana would be away. Obviously, it would need water. The 206 million the Eastern Cape Education couldn't spend would have built five flushing toilet sets at 2,000 schools in the Eastern Cape alone if it had made the effort to look for the water, to get the water, to plan, to find the contractors who knew what they were doing and get the job done. Of course, no one really benefits on the side from the proper use of money that would require, so it's a no-go proposition from the ANC. But still, even where there is no water, at all, a company called Enviroloo can build you an amazing composting toilet that works without water at all. I know people who have them in their homes and they're perfectly fine. The company says their product is already in schools, at game lodges and sports grounds. So why not in every single rural school in the country? I've seen the specs for these toilets. You can get one to take 30 users per toilet per day, installed for just 14,000 rand. Put 10 of these at the school near Bazana you get a 300 users a day ablution facility for 140,000 rand. Divide that 206 million given back to the government by, by the useless education department in Maboyane's useless Eastern Cape government. Uh, and by, divide that 206 million by 140,000 and you get to more than 1,400 schools with not a drop of water. But you know what? Screw the kids. When the construction industry was accused of collusion around the 2010 World Cup stadiums, they paid millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of rands in fines. 
but they could also have been fined by making them build 50,000 working rural school toilets instead. No one cares. God help you if you're old or sick or poor in modern South Africa. God help. God help your children. Well, that's it from me. Sorry to be so glum. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.